It's the second largest Portuguese-speaking country in the world after Brazil, the seventh largest in Africa, and has one of the fastest-growing economies in the world. But if you're travelling to Angola, how should you prepare for your trip, and what should you expect? Hello and welcome to this Global Situation podcast from International SOS, the leading health and security risk services company. I'm Chris Giles. Well, joining me for this episode is International SOS's Security Director for Assistance, Phil Nolan, who's recently returned from his deployment to Angola, which International SOS rates as a medium-risk country. So, Phil, can you tell me what you were able to do as part of your trip, and can you explain our security assessment process? What we do in terms of our understanding of the security environment and getting into country and trying to understand what is suitable for our clients, we have a country trip assessment process. And as part of that, we aim to visit countries in our patch of responsibility at set time periods based on the risk rating of the location, the network that we have in country, our client interest and client exposure, as well as some other aspects. And essentially, given our presence in country and Angola's relative stability, we haven't actually been in country for some time. Tell me then some of the things that you were able to identify as as part of your trip. The significant business that we have in Angola is primarily focused on medical assistance, medical staffing in remote sites and client sites across 19 different client organizations and the clinic services that we have in country. So that is three clinic sites across Luanda, so the capital, with the main clinic being in Talatona down to the, the south of the capital. That gives us a very good understanding, both in the market of what our clients require, but also what are the main risks and challenges within the country. So that was the sort of the backdrop of me going into Angola and into Luanda in particular. So the main focus of the trip for me was to engage with our security partners that that we've been in contact with over many years to understand what's possible in the operational environment and to ensure we have movement and accommodation options in place for our clients, whether that's for the longer term assignee or for the shorter term ad hoc trip that our clients may conduct from time to time. So tell me about some of the risks that people living in or traveling to Angola should be aware of. Yeah, so Angola itself, we rate as a medium risk security environment. And actually within the Angolan operational environment, there are greater considerations than just the security elements, I suppose. So as a risk environment, it's akin to Kampala or Maputo, very hustle bustle cities with lots of moving parts. But in terms of the security environment, we're looking at the considerations around petty and opportunistic criminality, which is largely linked to the sort of local socioeconomic situation in each of those cities, particularly for obviously we're focusing on Luanda here. There's an element of social unrest on occasion, depending on the time of year, and uh, and also looking at whether there is a an election cycle, and that can potentially be violent, similar to some of those other medium risk locations on the continent. But road travel is probably one of the biggest considerations. So making sure that we've got a good connection in with our security partners to make sure that they can look after our clients, primarily with a, a vehicle, a suitable vehicle. So we're looking at a vehicle that can be used in a wetter season as well in country with a driver that is suitably trained. And then also looking at some of the other considerations in terms of just the general practicalities, having suitable accommodation, for example, that's adequately secured against that criminality that I described in terms of petty and opportunistic in nature. And let's take some of these in turn then, Phil. Starting with travel and getting around, what were the road conditions like? Yeah, sure. So Luanda itself is pretty much a fully paved city. There will be the odd sort of side street that isn't tarmac, but it's relatively straightforward to get around in terms of the infrastructure. And although you'll see a lot of 4x4 types, Toyota Prados, that type of vehicle, 
they're not necessarily required for movement within the city itself. But anywhere slightly further afield, if that's where your business is going to be taking you, then you won't be able to rely quite as heavily on the on the paved roads. Traffic, though, is very significant, particularly in early mornings and then also towards the, the rush hour post work as well. And that is also movement into the central areas of downtown and then also the southern movement as well through to Talatona. So, yeah, there's um, there's some significant challenges in terms of just very small road movements can take a significant amount of time because of that congestion. But I would also say that there are no taxes available realistically in Luanda. So you need to make sure that you've got a suitable vehicle and driver with you because the actual sort of local taxi system is not suitable or reliable. There is a local version of a ride hailing app that is available within Luanda that you would have to pay cash rather than link your card to the app. So that is, an, that is a possibility for shorter journeys, but we would certainly advise people to have that vehicle and driver in place dedicated to you whilst you're in country. And it's a fairly large country too. And I wanted to ask about your experience about taking an internal flight. Certainly part of my plan was to head up to Cabinda using the only internal carrier that Angola has. And unfortunately, because of the country only having that one carrier, there's not terribly much competition for their operational timelines, I suppose. So we struggled to get up to Cabinda for that piece of the trip and had to cancel. So one of the things we'd, we'd always recommend is making sure that there are flexible itineraries for any travel that is going on inside Angola, particularly if you're going to be reliant on internal flights. There is a bit of a complex visa application process as well, which doesn't make things particularly easy getting into country. Local currency is only available inside Angola, so it's very difficult to get your hands on currency before you go into the country. So having to then exchange when you get into the country is top of the list of priorities. Having said that, the use of cards, credit cards and the use of cash clearly in country is is pretty straightforward. What currency would you take with you then to exchange when you're in country? Good question. Definitely take US dollars, as you should do across the continent. I would recommend taking series 2017 and above. There's no real restrictions on the US dollar in Angola that I was aware of. However, in other locations, certainly like South Sudan, if you have a series of US dollars from 2013, for example, or lower, they won't accept them. So it's better to have the the newer version of the dollar and to make sure that you take those in to be able to exchange when you're in country. And with regards to criminality, did you sort of feel safe when you were operating within Angola? Yes, uh, I think the the uh, sort of the criminality, as I said, is petty and opportunistic. So all the typical things we would suggest for people to make sure they're bearing in mind, not wearing your flashy watches when you're in country and moving around at the street level, um, making sure that you're not having any other overt displays of wealth in terms of flashing too much cash as well, those kinds of things. All of those elements will reduce your exposure to that type of criminality. That being said, we would always still recommend that any movement that you, you make in the city is still being done by a vehicle that is dedicated to you. A lot of the lower crime rates that are sort of reported for foreign nationals is largely because they are supported in the correct way, you know, staying in the right accommodation, moving correctly in terms of the support that they get from their driver and vehicle in location and their security provider. So all of those elements still need to be put in place, albeit within a a lower risk environment in terms of criminality, still very much a medium risk environment, though. With regards to security in the country, you've said it's a medium risk country, but are there any outstanding issues that people should be aware of? Yeah, so obviously I've mentioned the medium risk for Luanda, which is 
the location where the vast majority of our clients will be operating and have the most interest in from a business perspective. But there's also the exclave to the north of the, the mainland of Angola, so Cabinda province. And I guess the, the thing to be aware of there if, if, if one is traveling into Cabinda, although the, the majority of the actual province is a medium risk environment, including the city of Cabinda, there is also an ongoing set of skirmishes between the security forces and the independence movement in the far northeastern region of Cabinda exclave. And that is an area that you wouldn't necessarily need to venture to for any business interest, but it's worth considering it and understanding it, that it's, uh, you know, it is what we'd say a high risk location to the northeast of the city of Cabinda in that northeastern part of the, the province of Cabinda. Now, Angola is a Portuguese speaking country. Is there anything that managers or workforce should take into account with regards to that? I guess the local language is very strongly Portuguese with um, a, a smattering of, of English speaking capability. So I would suggest that if you are moving with a driver, always request that you have an English speaking driver. Generally speaking, the, the top providers will, will be able to provide a, a suitable driver that will include an English language capability. There's also the opportunities to have a close protection officer in the city with you that can also then speak English and be that fixer for you in any engagements you need to have. Uh, I've generally found that at the accommodation options, so all of the hotels that I spoke with had good English language capability, clearly as well as Portuguese, but I would recommend that you don't rely entirely upon the fact that you will be able to get by in English. So it's uh, very important to have the right things in place for that trip to sort of cover that potential challenge on the language capability side. And with regards to accommodation in Angola, are there a fair variety of places to choose? Yes, lots of options, to be honest. The main options, I suppose, for the shorter term business traveller would be your your usual business class international brands, which can pretty much all be found in the downtown area of Luanda. And so with those, you'll have all the, the usual amenities that go with those accommodation types. Access into those locations can be a little bit difficult, again, because of the traffic that I mentioned, but the, the actual state of, and the quality of the accommodation is very good. In other locations, Talatona, for example, sort of more suburban areas, there are, again, hotel options, more local chains at that point. Um, but then you'll also find that there are suitable longer term stay options. So people will then, the clients in location will have their own villas, for example, that are suitably guarded by some of our security partners in country. But those are the options that exist, really. So longer term sort of villa and compound type accommodation. And then also the uh, the hotels. Some people go for the hotels for the longer term stays, but generally speaking, that's for the shorter term. It's probably worth noting also that there is probably quite a, a large challenge on the cost of living side as well. Angola is a particularly expensive country to operate in. So the, the shorter term stays in the hotels are the best option with the more sustainable longer term options being in those, those uh, compounds and villas. Okay, Phil, thanks very much. Thanks very much, Chris. Well, that's all for now, but I just wanted to mention that if you're planning a business trip to Angola, you might be interested in a recent podcast from International SOS discussing how to stay safe as a woman traveling in sub-Saharan Africa. And just a reminder, you'll also be able to access all the latest information and updates on Angola from our website at internationalsos.com. And from there, you can find out about our global network of assistance centers available to clients 24-7. But until next time... Thanks so much for listening and goodbye.